And it is time for the Mike Hewitt Show, brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com. The gang is back, and we're ready to dive back in. We are at it, folks. Listen, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Miles, I'm, I've got two things that are really not on the list, but I want to start with them. The first is White House announces 51 judicial picks, <laughs> including two for the Ninth Circus Court. That would be a massive uh, swing. They, by the way, most of these folks that they've nominated, they've hold, they're, they're re-nominating them from the last Congress. But I find it uh, exciting that there may be an opportunity to get the Ninth Circus Court back in line with the Constitution, et cetera. What say you? No, um, two's not, not, not going to cut it, though. They're, the um, the geniuses are still going to have a majority. Okay, well, that's not good. Right. So, I mean, because they actually talked about this during the Kavanaugh uh, confirmation process, that, that Trump would have two, but there's only like one or two there now, so it's really not, not going to matter. Okay, so we're, well, yeah, that'd be true. But it puts but them at least, it puts them closer, closer, because let's, let's assume he's going to win a second term. If he wins a second term, the math says he'll have an impact on that circus court. Yeah, um, well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> that would be, be one of those all I would rather wait and see. Well, you're not giving me a whole bunch of hope here, Miles Bauer. No, I, I just don't believe. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it, this, this is going to be similar to our – RBG, I think she's going to hang on until well after she assumes room temperature. Oh, this is this is still the weekend with with uh, with uh, Bernie. Uh, listen on a <coughs> on a Michigan note. Before I walk away from the legalese stuff, I'm reading from Gongwer.com, uh, and this is an article that is listen. It's like our future. We're starting to see what our future will be. Uh, this is written by Kelly Cawthorn. A look at districts that could be redrawn for 2020. It specifically looks at Michigan state senate districts and then more pertinent to me, congressional districts, although, although all of them are pertinent. We just had this goofy, um, goofy in the extreme proposition pass. And it's just beginning to show what the meaning of it is. And listen, we're going to have a bumpy ride here. And you know, reading this article, of course, the article is is folks, you got to read it. It's it's worth a trip to gongword dot com. Uh, but it's suggesting that our new Secretary of State, et cetera, they just want to have competitive races. And you got to ask yourself honestly. Honestly, honestly, do you think that that's what they want? Right now, if you take the State House of Representatives, 110 seats, depending on who's telling the story, there's between 10 and 15 competitive races. We spend boatloads. Both both sides of the aisle spend boatloads of money in those competitive races. Does anybody earnestly think that the Democratic Party and leadership therein in the state of Michigan is wanting to have more competitive races. Let's be honest about this for a moment. 
The answer is absolutely not. They're going to twist these districts up so highly. And, right. the, and the average the average person that used to have contact with their state legislature to say, I'm watching you, stop that. They're not even going to know who the heck is doing it. It's just going to be a mystery that they wake up with one day and, and think to themselves, what, what just happened? Folks, we've got an iceberg coming. Um, so I, I, I don't want to make the show about that, Miles, but I, I got to tell you, uh, when I watch this stuff, and we're going to be on it more as we get deeper into it, we'll start getting some state officials on uh, we we got a nightmare coming in the state of Michigan, and it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. If you're earnestly wanting people to have a visit in the arena of ideas, this ain't the path you want to be on because that's not what we're going to get out of it. Yeah, but what, what wasn't this part of the discussion before you elected your fair governor? Yep, but it was. Yeah. But listen, the, the the three proposals in the state of Michigan, and I know I talked about it maybe too much before the election. They won, we lost. I get it. I'm a big boy. But the reality of it is is that those three propositions, all three of them, by the way, were populist rot gut. They had nothing to do with anything other than getting liberal people to the to the voting booth, period. That's all they right. had to do with. And if that's right. what folks wanted, okay, well, good, that's what you got. The problem with it is is that the devil is in the details. And the details are is that nobody in nobody has any control over what's going to happen with redistricting. Uh <laughs> no, but I mean, isn't the, the, I mean, I've long since conceded the ruling power redraws the districts to their ad- advantage, at least here in the state of Illinois. It's like, why, why would anybody be surprised? Uh, listen, that's what happens. That's what happens in most of the states of the union, if I remember the math, except for four. The, the, the reality of it, though, is that this is going to place redistricting it used to be in Michigan that the State House of Representatives did the redistricting. That meant I had an elected official that was elected and governs closest to the people. I'm with Thomas Jefferson on that. So here I've got, I can literally go have lunch and cup of coffee with my state rep and say, listen, I'm watching you. Don't do that. Now you've got some lame brain, uh, nonsensical group of folks, and I'm not besmirching the folks, by the way. I'm saying you and I have absolutely no control who sits on that board of 13 people. None. Right. Absolutely zero. So we, we've got a train wreck coming, not a conservative or liberal train wreck, but a train wreck for the people of the state of Michigan. Because what the folks right. that voted yes for went in there with some populist rant to destroy the establishment or whatever their thinking was. But the problem with it is, is that the overwhelming majority of those folks if you stopped and said, hey, by the way, how does the current system work, and what part of it do you, do you not like? Well, politicians are in control of it. I heard that a thousand times. But the problem with it is is that the folks could have taken control if they wanted. The average person has no clue how it works whatsoever. And so to vote for to change something that you don't know how it works in the first place, grossly illogical in my, in my view. Um, what do you think? President Trump is still going to do a State of the Union, and it, there's even talk that he may do it on the uh, on the Texas border with Mexico. What's your opinion on that, Miles Bauer? I think it's hilarious. Um, 
I think as soon as she decided to turn off, as soon as uh, Pelosi decided to turn off the House, then I thought, well, you know, then go ahead and do a uh, rally. Uh, yeah, in fact, you said that on the show. Um, you, you called for a rally. I'm wondering if a rally will have the same gravitas as standing in the well of the House of Representatives with a joint session of Congress. I get what she's trying to do, but the reality of it is is, is, is if her goal was to take take away his ability to articulate his position, she's just give him a more grandiose uh, arena because he'll, he'll have a lot more people attending his rally than a right. handful of people that like or dislike him, period, because of party party line. Well, and let, let's uh, go back to the Constitution. It just says from time to time, right? the president will inform Congress. Well, what what specifically does that mean? Right. Can he not, can he not just throw a rally? And, yeah, he's communicating to the Congress if they want to tune in. Right. The, by the way, there are some people that I'm hearing out echo what I've been saying, and that's that for the first hundred and some years, they just wrote a letter. Here's your letter. But it's turned into, from Woodrow Wilson forward, an opportunity. Wow, coming for Brian, by the way. Yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, there's folks, he's oh, yeah. hearing sirens in the background in downtown Grand Rapids. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, listen, there, there's a lot of them that are saying, just write a letter. That's what we did. From Woodrow Wilson forward, it was used to advance uh, the political agenda of the president. I don't know that a letter facilitates that. So, and that's what—that's obviously what Pelosi is thinking. She wants to try to steal the oxygen out of the air from him advancing his agenda. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break, and we'll be right back. RenegadeRiver.com, America's new hunting, camping, and survival store. Lightweight hiking all the way to large family tents, even inside children's play tents. Camping and emergency lighting gear. Top shelf Rothko outerwear. First aid. And the full line of rugged folding Montague bikes for in-town touring or out in the middle of nowhere. You'll find Mountain House freeze-dried foods for camping and emergencies. And yes, of course, firearms. There's a lot to check out, all at low prices. RenegadeRiver.com, family owned and growing fast. RenegadeRiver.com, because you deserve it. Mike Hewitt here. Instead of a willingness to negotiate, to be reasonable, and to solve the problems facing our Union of States, Speaker Pelosi seeks greater division, resistance, that is, if resistance saves and ingratiates her with her base. Imagine a Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives seeking to thwart a U.S. President's State of the Union address. Keep this in mind. A peaceful transfer of power is foundational, and the precedence being established against this president does not bode well for our country's future. Meanwhile, Governor Newsom of California wants to tax drinking water, and Mayor de Blasio of New York City wants to seize the private property of problem owners. What's becoming of our Union of States? Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Facebook and tell us what you think. Now, back to the Mike Hewitt Show on News Talk 1090 WKBZ and Talk 1230 WTKG. And this is the Mike Hewitt Show brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com. It's, we just got to dive back in. We're, we're right in the middle of it, Brian Thomas. And here we are. Listen, folks, I'm Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Miles, I'm reading a uh, an article from Axios.com. Uh, is it fair to say they lean left? 
That would be fair, yes. <laughs> Article, the seven letters disrupting politics, exclusive. A new Axios survey monkey poll, by the way, the seven letters are AOC and Beto. AOC, Beto. Yowzers. A new Axios survey monkey poll finds that 74% of Democrats and people who lean Democrat would consider voting for Ocasio Cortez if she were old enough to run for president. Uh, thank goodness for that constitution. Um, she's 29, it says 35. And I write, we can't make this stuff up because she, she makes Uncle Joe look like a logical, smooth-talking, articulate fellow. Yeah, like, uh, can't make him look like Mr. Spock. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go. <laughs> all right, <laughs> go all right. I'm pushing it, I know. I, 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 listen, I, I've been saying that the media just grabs her because of sensationalism with the stupid things that she says. Uh, and, I, and by the way, yesterday, folks, I was defending Democrat voters going, they can't possibly want to be represented by this moron. And I'm... <laughs> Axios would have me believe I'm wrong. Miles, am I wrong? Yeah, I think uh, right now she's kind of the shiniest uh, thing in the window. Yep. I, I don't know that that would translate to an entire election. She hasn't done anything. And listen, folks, I'm not saying that facetiously. She, there's, there's been no legislative activity from this Congress and so I go, wow. So how did she, is her Twitter feed? I heard somebody on Fox News the other day comparing her tweets to Donald Trump's tweets and how they resonate with the folks through the populist mechanism that Twitter evidently feeds. I'm not a Twitter guy, just so you all know that. I, I do Facebook, and Facebook largely pumps the show's Twitter account. I, I I'm not much for the angst, the anger and the, the vitriol that exists on Twitter. I just, real life has got enough of that. I don't need to go hunt for it. But does that make a person successful, what they're babbling about on Twitter, Miles? Well, no. I mean, I think that some of this is um, a function of the media making her into something. And the, the danger with that is that the media can turn her off as fast as the media made her. I, listen, I think that's an extremely important point because the media does this in every cycle, and it could be said that they did it with Donald Trump, but it blew up in their face. The, and we've seen them do it. And, I, of course, I'm focused on the conservative side of America, and I've watched them do it to uh, to any uh, – they, they did it with Herman McCain. They, they did it with, with a number of our candidates where they'll build this person up. He's the front runner, and then they destroy that person. Uh, they do that over and over again. I don't know if they'll treat their own folks that way, but when I look at these two seven-lettered people, AOC and Beto, one says that she, one calls for seventy percent taxation and says the world is going to end in twelve years. Uh, yeah, I want to vote for that. And the other, the other one says our our U.S. Constitution should be left in left in the uh, dust heap of history. Effectively, is what the person is saying. And I go, why, what, what large swath of people think that these are revolutionary, there's a word, ideas? No, I think, again, that 
this is all coming back to um, uh, the media is hyping them up. And so there's a portion of the party that's going to get excited based off what the media is doing. So the media says she is hot. We got to uh, we, we got to consider her. And you think that there are just a certain element of people that are going to follow that directive, right? Yeah, I mean they're they're giving her a lot of face time. Sure, they don't they don't have to. In which case, she would just fall off the radar. So part of this is familiarity because she's wall to wall coverage. Right. Even we're talking about her. I got to give I I have to give her credit. Uh, I don't know if it's happenstance if she stumbled into it and the media swooshed her forward. But, I mean, they were talking about her yesterday, yeah, early this week, actually, about the, she's a genius when it comes to this stuff. And I went, wow, I have not seen that word as applicable in describing her yet, but I'll keep you posted. A genius in getting, uh, drawing attention to herself? Drawing attention to herself. She's masterful at using Twitter to, mm-hmm. to, glom, to glom on to public attention. She's... And don't get I think a, I would actually put push uh, back on that. I think the media is allowing her. I agree with you. To herself. Oh yeah, but they went on at great length to warn you off. Don't don't try to engage her on Twitter. She'll tear you up because she's brilliant. And I'm going well. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. And I'm not being disparaging, folks. Honest, I'm not. But I've not seen anything from her that reached to the level of brilliance and genius, then there's their words. And I'm not, again, I'm not being disparaging. I don't see it. So at some point, Miles, I think you're right. When they find a new shinier object in the, uh, in the uh, drawer full of jewelry, they're going to cast her off as, as they've done over and over and over. And by the way, if she ever turns on the media, the way she has the hierarchy of her own party, you can guarantee what the response to be, will be to that. Yeah, and I bet the party doesn't appreciate what 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 she's doing either. I mean, I think there'll be a limit to how much um, you know Schemer and Pelosi are going to tolerate. Well, they've put her on some uh, on at least one very uh, very important committee, and you'd have think I would have thought that Nancy Pelosi would have would have tried to relegated her to nothingsville until she calmed down. And uh, I mean, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Even even she said you got to earn your way. And <laughs> how often do I get to agree with Whoopi? I mean, <laughs> so I I don't no. know. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm okay with her being the uh, shiny object in the uh, window because that just means she doesn't quite understand how she got to where where she got. So. You know, maybe I'm giving her the charge of being slightly naive in her youth. I, listen, I and I get your logic, and I agree with you. But I've got a, I, I'm okay with her being the uh, the uh, shiny object in the window, also because the the bombastic things that she says, like the world is ending in 12 years, 70 percent uh, uh, taxation, folks. Corporations don't pay tax. We do. Is it unless we start addressing uh, climate change, then the world won't end? 12 right. Years? If we don't fix the climate change problem, the world is going to end in twelve years. She said that, and she said it several different variations of the same message. Uh, taxation. She's calling for seventy percent taxation. She thinks there should be no such thing as a billionaire, except for the billionaires that she likes. So you confiscate people's 
money well, when they hit a certain you, level. You, you, you devise a system. Or, you where, said, or a system that's there's where, where, it, where it's, it's not, not benef- possible. It's not beneficial for them to. Or yeah, you it, devise a system yeah. where it's not possible to excel. But that's, that's socialism. That is the yeah. ugly side of socialism. True. It defies human nature. Human nature is wanting to make itself better. That's not what socialism does. Socialism, yes, it will give you a false safety net, but with that comes a safety ceiling. Wouldn't we want the opinion of a billionaire uh, to kind of yeah, hash over these, these I, ideas? I, I would love it, but her and I are on such different planets. I've, they're angry with people that are successful. I want, to, I want to find a mechanism that will allow more people to be successful. That's the opposite of how she thinks. Uh, and I'm... Miles, am I seeing that correctly? Shouldn't we want to have more people be able to succeed rather than stopping the few that do? Sounds like you're a capitalist pig. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much because that's exactly what I am. I, to any other thing, listen, all of the all week long we saw a number of different media outlets talking about it. But from 1990 forward, more people have been lifted out of poverty across the world than at any other time in human history. And that's not the result of socialism. That's the direct result of open democracy and capitalism. And to, to say it any other way is just a bold-faced lie because that is the reality of the circumstance of the two different economic engines. One wants to give you a safety net and a false ceiling so you cannot go above that level. And by the way, the irony to it is all the socialist countries in the world have billionaires. Listen, on that note, we've got to go to a break, and we'll be right back. RenegadeRiver.com, America's new hunting, camping, and survival store. Lightweight hiking all the way to large family tents, even inside children's play tents. Camping and emergency lighting gear. Top shelf Rothko outerwear. First aid and the full line of rugged folding Montague bikes for in-town touring or out in the middle of nowhere. You'll find Mountain House freeze-dried foods for camping and emergencies. And yes, of course, firearms. There's a lot to check out, all at low prices. RenegadeRiver.com, family-owned growing fast. RenegadeRiver.com because you deserve it. This is News Talk 1090 WKBZ and Talk 1230 WTKG. And this is the Mike Hewitt Show proudly brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com a great place to be. Absolutely it is folks. If you're just tuning in I am Mike Hewitt co-host Miles Bauer. Miles This week was a big week, uh, actually, for the Supremes. I'm reading an article now. Supreme. This is from the Daily Caller, by the way, folks. Dailycaller.com. But you can find it absolutely everywhere. Supreme Court allows Trump to temporarily enforce trans soldiers' ban. Um, Listen, let's start out at foundation level, if we can, Miles. What would be the reason that the administration would not want transgendered uh, soldiers in the U.S. military? Well, I, I mean, sometimes there are economic concerns that they join the military so that they can get their operation paid for by the American taxpayer. Have you seen the cost of the operation? No, I have not. It's, it's, it's gigantic, like a couple hundred thousand. It's big dough. So if you wanted to get that in civilian life, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm all wet here, but I would think most private insurance companies wouldn't be in a big rush to write a check for that. Probably not. You know, now I saw the numbers of 6,000, I think, of folks within the U.S. Armed Services ranks 
that self-identify as transgendered out of a million and a half. I, I the, the numbers are are very small relative to the overall population, but they of the military, but they are very small if you look at the population of transgendered folks of the total population. In the end, I think it's economic and not much more. I don't think it's my interpretation, at least, is it wasn't. Uh, I mean, we had Corporal Klinger; he wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to get the uh, the uh, military taxpayers. By the way, military doesn't pay for anything; taxpayers pay for it. He was was not trying to hook the taxpayers into paying. He was just a. Uh, tr- he wanted out. He, he was wanted, a cross dresser, so he get a section. Yeah, eight, he right? wanted a section eight. He, he just, just wanted to come to get, across as kind of cool. He just wanted loony. He just wanted to get out. I don't know. I'm, I'm by, of course, by the way, folks, the uh, the vote of the Supremes came down uh, on ideological lines. I was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg working, we assume, working from home. Uh, you know, the Supreme Court did not issue a reason for its dissent or for its, uh, its, its ruling, but those that dissented did acknowledge that they were the dissenters. So, Steve. Well, no, so it, it can still come back to the court. And it will. This is temporary. Right. You're, you're, ex- right. you're exactly right. Uh, but, now it's Tuesday. But, it will. So, Go ahead. But there's a plus side here. It sounds like Kavanaugh got in line. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. But uh, listen, I don't trust him. I'm sorry. I, I, and I guess that's okay. I've said all along, if we had a constitutionalist on there, I, there'd be times when I don't agree with him, and I think that's important. I am an originalist intent constitutional. That's that's what I support. So, uh, in this case, I, yeah, he's he was on the right side of that of that decision. Yeah. Uh, so so far, he's only messed up once, and I think he got three or four things right. So I agree with that. So he's he's his odds are way better than Ludwig von Wiedendorski's. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, this this has uh, been balled up in the uh, lower courts for some time. And I suspicion that much of this decision on this temporary uh, decision will go back to the lower courts. Was that your interpretation? Right, because they didn't they didn't put an end to it. They just said we're not going to intervene with the with the lower courts. Right, and that's that's what I what I got out of it. And listen, folks, I'm I'm the same guy that when we look at it, when we're when we're looking at this topic in total. Uh, whether it's transgendered folks, which totally identify differently, as I'm told, as as do gay and lesbian folks, uh, they they both got their own political sets of 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 uh, agenda, if you will. Um, in the end, though, my concern, Mike Hewitt's focus, isn't on any of that. I'm worried about all the kids that are that are locked into divorce circumstances with their parents. The the Forty-some percent that were born last year to unwed mothers with no intentions of getting married. I'm vastly more worried about what's going on with the American family, which is the lion's share of the math that's impacting the United States' uh, lean forward. So that's my focus. And, and so when I get off into some of these what I consider side issues where the math is very small, they're not in my wheelhouse. It, it's always an education for me to go there. Listen, a different direction. McConnell steps into the into the shutdown fight, scheduling dueling votes. That's from Kentucky.com midweek. Miles, what do you think about McConnell getting involved? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know if it has a lot of gravity. I mean, I don't know how much pressure this, this uh, puts on Pelosi or not. 
I don't know whether McConnell can get the threshold of votes. If he, The problem with him getting involved, at least in my layman's view, is that it takes 60 to have an impact on this. He doesn't, 59 doesn't change it. He needs 60 votes. If he cannot get the 60 votes, then that adds to her, that helps her, not hurts her. Um, if, if he could get to 60-plus, then all of a sudden she's got a political football. Well, wait a minute. So if... Um, if he can't get to 60, isn't the question, okay, Nancy, what, what's the counter proposal? Well, they've got, they've got one sitting and waiting, as I understand. The Democrats uh, have a backup to, to uh, what, what uh, I think McConnell is largely putting forward what Trump's offer was this past, uh, this past week. And so, but there's a backup offer in the Senate that says if that doesn't pass, the next one we're going to vote on is the Democrat version, which is to open all the uh, stores in the House but not deal with the central issue, which right. to so, me is I mean, nonsensical. But Isn't this kind of the beginning of negotiation then? I hope so. I hope so. Rather than, I mean, because I mean, so, so far she's like, it's my way or the highway. I don't know that that's negotiation. Uh, no, that's not. I mean, she's went on vacation. She tried, she tried to go to DeVos. She, <laughs> she's, uh, she's, uh, she's done any, everything that she could do to not be available. Uh, and I think, I think McConnell's goal is to put some heat on her. I, I don't know whether she'll buy it, but we'll, we'll find out soon. Right. And is this so much to do with her or is this have to do with winning the sentiment of the river reeds? I, well, it's always about the river reeds, folks, so just to make sure you're aware of what he's talking about. Those few independents that blow back and forth in the wind, I joke about it, but it's true. The, the, the person that voted for Reagan and Obama in the same life, that's what I call a river reed. They blow back and forth in the wind. Whatever the media source tells them is the thing, that's what they do. And that's, that's <laughs> fascinatingly enough, largely who makes the decisions of where we go. Because you're not going to change most people that are on the solid right. You're not going to change most people's minds who are on the solid left. That leaves the squishy middle that whatever their numbers are, 10%, 11%. And then they literally blow back and forth with the wind. And with, and I don't want to say without principle. They probably consider themselves pragmatic. Um, I don't. So <laughs> just telling you. So... I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think that's who we're trying to win is the squishy middle. Um, and that, that's an unfortunate way of, of, uh, of deciding. There'd be some folks, maybe even our founders, that might suggest it was a good way and it was done that way by intention. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, because, I mean, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious at some point he's going to have to do the nuclear option. I, I don't know. Can he do that on this? On this particular uh, issue, we need to look that up. I don't right. know whether that's afforded in his, in, as one of his choices. So I, I, I just don't know that we can do some research on that. Maybe we should get uh, uh, Heisinger or somebody else in here to, uh, to explain that to us because I'm, I'm not aware. I, I know this. I know that Pelosi is having difficulty with her own base because they're wanting her to do something entirely different than what she's doing. And I'm not talking about rank-and-file elected uh, 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 congressmen and women on the Democrat side. 
I'm talking about the folks that write checks and do the work, the, the, the hardliners. They're not impressed at all. Right, and, you know, let, let's, let's also keep in mind a majority of the federal workers that are furloughed are Democrats. A lot of them are, but listen, I know some, I know some federal employees. They're, they're most certainly not. Jeff that I often refer to as a, as a, with a border, uh, he's probably right of me. Uh, and by the way, he's working, I don't want to say working for free now because he will get his dough. But listen on that, we're over. So we've got to go to a break, folks. We'll be right back. RenegadeRiver.com, America's new hunting, camping, and survival store. Lightweight hiking all the way to large family tents, even inside children's play tents. Camping and emergency lighting gear. Top shelf Rothko outerwear. First aid. And the full line of rugged folding Montague bikes for in-town touring or out in the middle of nowhere. You'll find Mountain House freeze-dried foods for camping and emergencies. And yes, of course, firearms. There's a lot to check out, all at low prices. RenegadeRiver.com. Family owned and growing fast. RenegadeRiver.com because you deserve it. Mike Hewitt here. Instead of a willingness to negotiate, to be reasonable, and to solve the problems facing our Union of States, Speaker Pelosi seeks greater division, resistance, that is, if resistance saves and ingratiates her with her base. Imagine a Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives seeking to thwart a U.S. President's State of the Union address. Keep this in mind. A peaceful transfer of power is foundational, and the precedence being established against this President does not bode well for our country's future. Meanwhile, Governor Newsom of California wants to tax drinking water, and Mayor de Blasio of New York City wants to seize the private property of problem owners. What's becoming of our Union of States? Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Facebook and tell us what you think. Now, back to the Mike Hewitt Show on News Talk 1090 WKBZ and Talk 1230 WTKG. And you are hearing the Mike Hewitt Show brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com. We just have to take your business and uh, finish up. You're right. Listen, speaking of taking care of business... I got to do a little bit of uh, taking care of business. Did you hear the cash register open? I did. Yeah, ding, 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 all the rest of that music. Listen, folks, if you're hearing my voice, that means you're somewhere in western or northern Michigan or all across Michigan because you're traveling. You might be in Riverside, California. You might be down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You could be here at Grand Rapids where we broadcast from, Muskegon where we started. Uh, if you're hearing all that, I need you to do me a favor and imagine. Imagine talking to all of the folks that are listening with a message about your company or your whatever message you needed to trans- transmit to all of those folks for 25 bucks. You give me a call, Mike, at 616-837-1911. Miles Bauer, let's, let's change gears a little bit. Um <laughs> Do you, when I'm, I'm looking at the candidates, um, back folks, I'm reading from AP News. Democrats lurch left on top policies as 2020 primaries near. I've been wrestling with this a lot, folks, and Miles, I need you to help me. Uh, in fact, I've said several times during this week uh, that I thought there was a disconnect between Democrat voters and uh, Democrat leadership, both elected and within the party. But I might be wrong, 
because if if these primary candidates have to lean left from what I consider to be crazy left to start with to get voters' attentions in their primaries, the average Democrat voter must be need a telescope to see him or her on the left, that far left. It, what do you make of this, that they need to lean left to win in their primary? Are you with me, Miles Bauer? Oops, sorry. Yeah, I mean, basically it comes down to New York and California for them, right? Uh, I guess so. So they're just speaking to those two groups of people is what you're saying. Yeah, and like, you know, flyover country is flyover country. Nope, so it's the same as everything else. So they got to speak to the kooks and the nuts in New York and California and nothing else matters. Which, by the way, folks, is one of the reasons I am passionately against the national popular vote or an end to the Electoral College. It is exactly this point. But what I don't get out of that, Miles, I, by the way, I'm assuming you're correct. I can find no reasonable argument uh, against it. But what I don't get, and I mean this earnestly, is the average Democrat that we just disagree with on some domestic or whatever issues that lives in Traverse City, that lives in Grand Rapids, that, that lives in Riverside, California, by the way, that can hear my voice. The average Democrat that's not moved by far, far, far left politics, are they ignored? How do they I, – I listen, because if, if, if everyone on the Republican side were just crazy right wing, I'd walk away and look for a different party. And so I asked the folks on the left, when you hear about Cortez wanting 70 percent or you hear about Beto talking about scrapping the Constitution – <laughs> How do you support that just because California and New York want it? What well, but, you know, you and I, you and I had to uh, live through McPain and Obamney. So uh, how, how did they uh, come to be? Yeah, but listen, I, you're absolutely right. But it, I'll tell you from my, my version there, maybe we're answering our question. Those folks that, that are – that are very involved in politics. They're grassroots people that are out putting signs up and delivering newsletters, et cetera, and contributing money, by the way. Maybe those folks are, for the Democrats, left of where the Democrat voter is at ideologically. Because to your point, I did all of those things on the Republican side, and I'm certainly right of where John McCain was. I'm a million miles right of... Of Mitt O'Romney, uh, I'm. I couldn't stand Snyder. I couldn't wait for him to get over. I'll probably regret saying that out loud now that we've got that kook in there. But I, I I'm. <laughs> so maybe it just comes down to where a person's at as to how far left or how far right the uh, the uh, spectrum goes. Makes sense, right? Because I mean, you know, other than we saw some Democrats de- defect in the last election. Uh, over to Trump, you know, um, the Democrats are probably saying, well, so who who are you going to vote for other than our crazy left candidate other than Trump? Right. So they get what they got and they move on. Right. Yeah, I just... Same way as you, you and I were given no option other than McPain and Obamney. Right. And, I, and part of the ingredients here, maybe I'm all wet, but part of the ingredients I believe... Are, and we've talked about this a lot, I know, but are the news sources. 
So if you watch only Fox News, you have a diet of one ideology, mostly. If you watch only MSNBC or only CNN, that's your information pool. And you and I, Miles, have certainly talked a lot about CNN. Uh, if, if I only listened to them, in fact, we could do an entire show just going over the idiocy at CNN.com. Uh, crazy leftist stuff. But if that was my only news source, I guess I'd believe that's the universe I'm stuck living in. And I think that happens on both sides of the aisle. I see it on social media from folks on the right where they're, they're actually sharing information that you know is flawed and wrong. And I'll say, hey, that information's wrong. Yeah, but that's what the intent was. That's how the person sees it, so I don't care. Well, no, I'm not going to beat my ideological opponent by mimicking them. That's not right either. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating world that we live in. Uh, I, I <laughs> uh, Political shifts, sales slump, cast shadow over gun industry. Have you followed any of that, Miles? I'm reading from the AP News. Folks, just for disclosure, I am in the gun industry. In fact, the gun industry largely is a supporter or sponsor of this show. Uh, RenegadeRiver.com sells firearms. I sell firearms. I'm a federally licensed uh, dealer. Um, but, yeah, and you had a little collateral damage as a result of the. Uh, oh yeah, I had to. I, I closing. I had to. Yeah, I had to close and move my retail store because I couldn't set 300 and some guns right next to a dope house. I respectfully refer to. Uh, but listen, that's Michigan politics, and 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 by the way, it's starting to happen all over. Um, uh, Ludwig had found some organist, some some uh, what was a body shop down in Ann Arbor that was having difficulty with with uh, the same issue. But in terms of the greater thing, most of the folks in the gun industry don't feel that their rights are under threat right now uh, with Donald Trump being in the office. And the reality of that is that's wrong. Um, so let me tell you twofold. First off, most rights on firearms are lost on a local and state level, not on a federal level. That's a truism. You can research it. It's a fact. Uh, so while we're all focused on whether Trump is better than Obama on this issue, we've still got rugs all over the place across the fruited plain being pulled out from underneath us. I think that's something that we need to keep our eyeballs on and stay alert on. Uh, the Second Amendment is indeed all of the things the folks say. And by the way, at least in Michigan, our Michigan Constitution is much more strongly worded than is our U.S. Constitution. And and Beto couldn't say that our Michigan Constitution was from a different century because it was written in 1960, or 1963. Uh, that was the revised version when the language was... So I, I go on and on, but where I really wanted to go with this is the AP News is not being earnest with you. At least it wasn't for my store. Even with the strife that Miles makes reference to, I just had the biggest winner the store's ever had. I'm just telling you. So when I read these articles, I'm going, wow, what are they measuring? Because they're not measuring. They're not measuring the results at Renegade River. Thank goodness. Um, I, this politics is in everything, is I guess what I wanted to conclude by saying, Miles. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, they want to, um, again, going back to their narrative, they want their uh, folks whose other who, who hair is on fire, they want them to think you're in full retreat. Re, uh, yeah, well, they're wrong, I'm not. And uh, thank goodness we're not. Listen, I'm hearing music. 
So we're down to the final couple seconds. Any final words, Miles Bauer? Stay warm. Yeah, stay warm. Listen, 30, 32 degrees and raining. That's what we saw. Um, yowzers. Folks, have a great, great day. We will be back as soon as we possibly can. In the meantime, find us on Facebook, Mike Hewitt Show. Go to renegaderiver.com. Go to the MikeHewittShow.com. Tell us what you think. Look forward to hearing from you, and we'll talk to you again as soon as we can. Have a great day. Thank you.